You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. The question that the Mishnah wants us to think about is, what happens if we did not celebrate Pesach? What if we had missed out on Pesach? That actually is a question which the people of Israel ask Moshe in the desert. It's in Bamidbar. We'll come to there in uh, maybe four or five weeks. People come to Moshe and they ask, if we're tame, they specifically asked, if we are tame la nefesh, if we've come into contact with a corpse, we can't celebrate the Pesach. So what are we supposed to do? And Moshe actually gives them, an, he doesn't know the answer. He has to ask God the answer, and God tells him the answer. The answer is that we get a second chance to celebrate Pesach. We have the second Pesach. We have Pesach Sheni. And someone who's on a journey or who's come into contact with a corpse can celebrate Pesach Sheni on the 14th of Iyar, in other words, exactly a month after the first ordinary Pesach. And I brought the sources from the Torah on the source sheet. And you'll see, by the way, that the words, there's one word colored in red on the source sheet. The bearer of an Israel speak to the people of Israel, Lemur, saying, Ish, ish, nefesh, someone who's defiled by a corpse, or v'derech ruchoka. You'll see the word ruchoka, I've colored in red because it has a little dot above it. And I want you to look at this dot because we're going to see later in the Mishnah that the meaning of this word ruchoka, distant, is not quite clear. And the Mishnah is going to refer to the dot. The dot that's printed in our text today seems to have been there, seems to have been in the text already at the time of the Mishnah. But maybe that's enough by way of introduction. Let's jump into the Mishnah itself. Someone who was unfit. I've translated here Tameh as unfit. I mean, I think to be on a journey, we can sort of understand that. People need to go away. I mean, I'm away right now from home. My wife gave me permission to go away for four weeks. So somebody might be on a journey, maybe for up to four weeks, and they can't celebrate Pesach. But what about Tameh? What kind of person would come into contact with a corpse? This is someone who's been in the same tent as a corpse when they've died. This is someone who's suffering the recent loss of a family member. So being Tameh Nefesh, in the language, in practical terms, in the language of the Mishnah or the Tanakh, is not a random event. It's not randomly coming in contact with a corpse. This is someone who's just gone through the trauma of the loss of someone very close to them, someone who shared their tent with them. And of course, Pesach is a time when we're celebrating the unity of the Jewish people. You can't eat the Pesach sacrifice by yourself. You eat it in a group. And rich and poor, rich and poor have the same facilities. You know, even the poorest person in Israel, we learned, gets four cups of wine. And 
even though rich people can have leavening in their bread and poor people might have to make do with pancakes, rich and poor alike eat unleavened bread. So Pesach is a time of unity for the Jewish people. And so we can understand perhaps why someone who's just emerged from the trauma of the loss of the death of a, of a close relative might not feel able to celebrate Pesach at the right time. But we can also imagine, given the, the, the unity of the Jewish people, why the Torah wants to make a facility for that person to celebrate Pesach a bit later. And that essentially is how the Mishnah develops. So, someone who's on fit or on a long journey, and didn't do the first Pesach, they can do the second. So we've got the first Pesach and the second Pesach. This, by the way, according to some commentators, is why the tractate is called Pesachim. Pesachim mean, means the Pesachs in the plural. What are the Pesachs? They're the first Pesach and the second Pesach. So someone who misses out on the first Pesach can celebrate the second Pesach. And the Mishnah then gives us a bit more detail. Shagagol ne'enas, someone who made a mistake, Maybe they got the date wrong. Maybe they got themselves in the wrong place. For whatever reason, they made a mistake. Shagag or Ne'enas. Maybe something happened to them. They break their leg. They can't get to Jerusalem on time. There are circumstances beyond their control. Shagag or Ne'enas. Velo Asait Harishon. If he made a mistake or was prevented and didn't keep the first, Ya'aset Hasheni. So we've got two categories of people. We've got people who were on a journey or who were tame, who were unfit. And then we've got these people who somehow forgot or somehow were prevented. And the Mishnah asks, Why, if we're generally talking about people who made a mistake or were prevented, why do we specifically specify those who are unfit or who, or who are on a long journey. In other words, why does this Mishnah have two parts in its introduction? There seem to be two categories here. And the Mishnah answers. The first group, the people who are unfit or, or who are on a long journey, if they don't keep the first, they can't keep the first. If they don't keep the second, they're not liable for cutting off. Remember, we learned when we learned the mitzvah of getting rid of all the chametz, that the punishment for eating chametz on Pesach is some is cutting off. It's some awful social exclusion. Pesach is a time when the Jewish people come together. And if we eat chametz on Pesach, we're excluded, we're cut off. We're cut off from that social intimacy. And people who are unfit or people who have a journey somehow get a get out of jail card for cutting off. But the second group, the second group, those who make a mistake or those who are liable to circumstances under their control. If you can't make the effort 
to celebrate the Pesach first time round. And then you can't make the effort to celebrate it second time round. If you really, really miss out both times, at that point, you are liable for he correct. You're liable for cutting off because somehow you haven't joined yourself to the you haven't joined yourself to the community of Israel. That's the lesson of the first Mishnah of the ninth chapter. And then the Mishnah goes on to specify, well, what is a long journey? I mean, how long is long? And according to Rabbi Akiva, Minha Modi'in Velachutz, from Modi'in and onwards. Modi'in is a town now between Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. It's about 15 miles out of Jerusalem and seems to be pretty close to the biblical Modi'in. The Hasmoneans, by the way, came from Modi'in. So it's a well-known place. It's mentioned in the Mishnah. Any, any, anywhere further than Modi'in is considered a long way away. In that distance for any direction. According to Rabbi Akiva. Now, Rabbi Eliezer says, from the, temp from the threshold of the temple court and beyond. This is an astounding statement. Well, we already know, by the way, Rabbi Eliezer is an extremist in many, many ways. Often Rabbi Eliezer's comments are completely incomprehensible to rational thought. And he's saying, well, look, once you're on the threshold of the temple court, you're on a long journey. We don't understand it. Rabbi Yossi said to him, Amar Rabbi Yossi, Because of that, there's a dot on the hay. Remember, we saw the dot in the biblical text. It's still there on our Torah scrolls today and on our Humashim. There's a dot on that hay. Lomar lo We're not really talking about far away. Eila me iskupat azara velachutz but from the threshold of the temple court or beyond. And we really do not understand what, what, what this really means. Then, however, we can ask, and we learned this Mishnah, actually, when we were learning about Halal. What's the difference between the first and the second of the two Pesachim? The first has got the prohibitions of of, of having chametz either seen or found in your house. We learned about that, right? That we have to get rid of the chametz. That's the first thing we learned. At the second Pesach, you've got chametz and matzah together in your house. So again, we're, we're not going to socially kind of cut this person off from whatever else is going on. You know, if his neighbors are eating bread, he can eat bread. But he still has to have matzah as well as chametz in his house. Because he's going to need to eat the Pesach the second time round on chametz, and we'll see in a minute, on rim. We still have to eat the Pesach on chametz and on bitter herbs. And then as we learned when we looked at the um, Seder night, harishon ta'un halel ba'achilato. You have to sing halel when you eat the Pesach. The second one doesn't require Halel when we eat it. But both of them has got certain requirements. We absolutely need Halel when the Pesach is slaughtered. 
both for the first and the second Pesach. Ve'nechalim salio al matzot morim, and they're both eaten, roasted on matzot and on bitter herbs, and they both override the Shabbat. Ve'tochin et ha-Shabbat. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.